first, a quick word from our sponsor. How many people do you need for a group? What do I need to know before creating my own group? Where do I even start to learn how to book? How do I What's choose the, the best way to keep all my How do I collect emails from Good morning. You've reached the groups department at KHM Travel. How can I help you? Booking group travel comes with a lot of questions. Our team of experienced travel professionals can provide you with the guidance you need to be successful planning group travel. Visit khmtravel.com groups to learn more. You're listening to Travel Agent Chatter, Volume 10. Today we're taking a deep dive into groups with Valerie Gossett, the owner of Premier Resources Travel Group. Hello again to all our regulars and welcome to you first timers. Travel Agent Chatter is an audio series produced by the team here at Host Agency Reviews. A quick recap. The show notes and a transcription can be found at hostagencyreviews.com TAC. I wanted to thank a few of our listeners that took the time to leave reviews for us on iTunes. Bliss Vacations, Sailing Hedgehog, and Travel with Nikki, who had this to say, I've been loving listening to TAC. Steph has done a great job at finding wonderful travel advisors to interview. I've been in the industry for nine years and have learned something new from each podcast guest. As an advisor who works solo, it's great to have TAC as a way to learn what others are doing in the industry. There are so many sides to being a travel pro, and I feel like TAC is my 20-side dice. Well, thank you, Nikki, Buffy, and Sailing Hedgehog for the wonderfully kind reviews. By the way, we officially have our first review on Stitcher thanks to Nikki. Woohoo! Now, let's get on to the show. Well, here we are again. Hello, everyone. This is Steph Lee, the founder of Host Agency Review, and your host for today's episode. And today's show is all about groups. We're chatting with Valerie Gossett, a sales VP turned travel professional who sells around $2 million annually and averages about 30 groups a year. Her theory is that if you're not booking groups, you're leaving $40,000 on the table each year. Uh, Today we're going to talk about how she not only managed to book a 196 person group sailing this spring, but how the group sold out in four weeks. Uh, We'll talk about her most successful marketing techniques, how she stays organized, and what to look for in group contracts. Uh, So if you're looking to book into group, break into groups, or you're currently selling groups and want to up your game, have a pen and paper handy because this episode is loaded with great tips. And if you can't catch everything, fear not. Visit hostagencyreviews.com slash TAC and click on volume 10 to find the full transcript and today's show notes. So let's quickly lay out the itinerary for you. Today there's going to be four segments. The first is beginnings, then we'll move into group philosophy, land versus cruise groups, and we'll wrap it up with our warm fuzzy segment. Uh, I hope you're all ready because it's time to jump into another episode of TAC. So Valerie, welcome to Travel Agent Chatter. Well, thank you so much, Steph. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this because I love talking about groups. I, I, I love talking to you about groups, so this is just perfect. Well, let's see. So I mentioned to ever well, I mentioned earlier for all of you listeners that Val was a former VP of sales, which of course pairs nicely uh, with a transition to a career as a travel agent since it's mostly sales. So, but what I didn't tell you was that before her VP of sales job, Valerie was a teacher. And was it middle school that you taught Valerie? Yes. Okay. It was. I taught middle school for uh, approximately four years, and then I went to, went into uh, corporate. All right. So I have to tell everyone, when I was talking with Valerie, it cracked me up because she was saying how, because of her teaching career, she had a strong training background. So when she eventually moved into the travel industry, she started taking some courses, really getting her learning on. And Valerie, um, I'm not sure 
what else to call this but binge learning. Um, but how many certifications <laughs> did you have underneath your belt by the time you finished? Well, you know, and, and I did it all rather quickly because I do believe in training since I, I'm an educator at heart. And I had 150, uh, uh, you know, certifications within my first year. <laughs> and I just, I, I wanted to learn a little bit about everything to be a little bit more well-rounded. And I mixed that up with marketing as well. So as I got a client who wanted to go someplace I knew nothing about, well, that was the next course I took. So mm -hmm. it worked out really well. Yes. So, so we've solidified that you've done your homework. <laughs> when you joined the travel industry and had a very, very strong educational foundation. Um, did you start out doing groups right away? You know, I did actually, because I got into fundraising groups and, you know, I just, when I got into travel, I just started letting people that I knew uh, if they had any trips they were planning in the next six months to a year to let me know that I was becoming certified as a travel agent. And through that, I knew a few people who uh, were with organizations, and uh, they asked me to put together some fundraising groups for them, like the Rotary Club and uh, and a, a cancer foundation and whatnot. So I did start early on getting into groups. Mm -hmm. And when we had talked earlier, um, you had mentioned um, that with fundraising groups that you you started there, but that's not a path you went down. Why did you decide that that wasn't the best fit for you? What did you learn from that? Well, not not every organization will take a cruise year after year after year. And also, they will have a an agreement that you sign for them uh, just stating that you will not contact their vendors if they're uh, in supporters and uh, the people within their organization, that they can contact you, but you are not to reach out to them. So you can't put them on your email newsletter. You, you can't do any of that, really. So if you really wanted to grow your business uh, in other ways, uh, that might be a small little piece of it, but that was not going to be a way to to grow like I wanted to, to grow. Uh, you know, today we're a $6 million agency, and I could not have done that if I would have just concentrated on fundraising groups. Mm -hmm. And in case people aren't familiar with, like, cruise fundraising groups, could you just really quickly go over how that's different than regular groups? Sure. Uh, typically... Uh, the, you know, mass market cruise lines will have a program for a fundraising cruise that you put together. Uh, you need an organization that has a 501c3. They do have to produce that, and you have to send it before final payment to the corporate offices of that cruise line for them to uh, get the money that's raised. And they usually have a match program. Um, when you do a group, a cruise group, there's usually gap points. And those are points that you can use to purchase things, whether it be a cocktail hour or onboard credit or something like that. So in this case, what those points would purchase is money to go towards the organization, and they usually do a match. So the cruise is a little bit more because if, if you're matching $25 and the cruise line is giving $25, then that's going to raise the price of the cruise per person $25. So at the end, uh, after, you know, you send that 501c3 in and after final payment when everything's finalized, about 30 days after they get back, that the group gets back, that's when a check will come to you that you will present to the organization. It will be in their name. And then you can go have a meeting with, with their group and present it to them. So most of the mass market cruise lines do have a program like this already set up. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Perfect. Thank you for running over that. Uh, so I think one of the most difficult things about booking groups, especially if you haven't, well, I guess just for anyone, when you're starting to get into groups, whether you're experienced or not, is the time that passes between when you start promoting the group until you actually are getting paid. It can, it can really make it difficult um, for an agent. So how far... In advance, do you usually start um, setting up your groups? Like, 
when do you set aside the group space? I usually start looking a year and a half ahead of time. So it takes you a few years to get into a rhythm in terms of, you know, uh, receiving monies. If you're going to really concentrate on groups, you're, you're obviously going to do other things as well. You're, you're not going to just do groups because that way you'll have money coming in intermittently in between when your groups come in. So if you start this in the first couple of years uh, in, in your career, then you're going to look a year, year and a half out. Because with if you do cruise, they have uh, now Norwegian has backed it up to over 120 days before sailing for the final payment. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want you want the people that you're promoting this to to have time to pay on it because you can set up a payment plan. And that's a, another very popular way to get more people on the sailing. So if you start a year and a half out, you do have time for them to pay a little bit every month or every quarter. And it doesn't uh, come as a shock to them then at the end, like, oh, no, I have to pay $2,000 or, you know, whatever that amount may be. So uh, start a year and a half out. And then let's say you're going to start with two to three groups a year. What you do this year uh, in terms of what's coming in from that group, because you get paid typically after they return, you did a year, year and a half ago. So if if you, what you're setting up now, that's going to be what you get paid next year. So if you continually do it and it grows, then that's how you can determine what your salary or what your income is going to be from groups. And, and you have a rhythm to it. And some of the groups will repeat. Uh, it, de- it depends. It might be a group that travels together every single year, and they might mix it up. They might do land. They might do an all-inclusive. They might do Europe, a river cruise, or a ocean uh, vessel. So you could have a good variety there, and then that way you know this is money I can count on. Mm-hmm. You, you had mentioned when we had spoke um, that you look at groups as your salary and you look at mm-hmm. your individual customers that are maybe booking a custom FIT as paying the bills on a month-to-month basis, which is, I think, a great yes. way to look at things. Absolutely. So if you break it down like that, and, and keep in mind, my background, I've, you know, I've dealt with budgets, business plans, and, and whatnot for hundreds of salespeople. So you know, what, what we did was we broke everything down. So, and you can back into your numbers. So if somebody comes to me and they say, I need to make $4,000 a month. Well, we can back into those numbers and we can do that very easily with groups and say, okay, then you need this many groups uh, going forward. Let's start this, you know, next year, uh, you know, focusing on getting them pulled back this year, Let's market them, and then next year you'll see that kind of income come through. So you can you can really sit down and determine. Okay, I want twenty five thousand dollars for my group business, or I want fifty, or I want a hundred. Once you're more experienced at this and you have some momentum going, but I do that. Um, my my groups, that's my salary. So that's that's something I know I can count on. And then I do have a lot of individual uh, bookings that I make. Uh, some of my clients are very last minute. And, you know, like right now it's wave season. I'm underwater like a lot of agents are. And this is really good business coming in right now. On, I mean, to the tune of maybe, you know, an extra 500 to $2,000 on a daily basis. So uh, this does pay the bills. And by that I mean your E&O insurance, your office supplies. You know, any your CRM system. So that's how you can budget for those things as well. Yeah, it's a it's a nice mixture to help with the cash flow problem that comes from having to start working a year to a year and a half before you're actually going to get paid. Yeah, exactly. And when you when you first become a travel agent, and you know it is a typically a straight commission position depending on what agency you go with then you know you're going to figure it's going to take you really a year or two to find out what your niche really is and to get your clientele to start using you and then determine your plan yes i i agree so well talking about so now you've got 15 years under your belt and you can look back. If you were to give some advice mm-hmm. 
to agents looking um, to start booking groups or to agents who are struggling with their group business and saying this is not working for for me what would you say is the key to success like what should they be focusing on you know I would really say don't get caught up in uh, a vendor telling you oh go do dive groups go do golf groups go do this group or that kind of group if you're not interested in that that type of activity so if you are not a golfer and you approach a golf pro and you don't speak the same language and you don't have that connection <laughs> that would be me i'd be like not. is the football when you like throw it at <laughs> kickoff when you're golfing <laughs> right so you may not be very successful they will not take you seriously mm-hmm. so uh i i do not dive okay so i know that that is something I'm not going to walk into a dive shop and, you know, I, and, and I can sell it all day long, but that is not something I will go after immediately. Okay. I would, I would probably look for an agent who has that background and let them handle that, you know, that piece. But I would say look within your circle of what you do outside of the home and outside of your travel industry uh, business. And if you're into yoga, approach the yoga instructor. If you do pottery or crafts, you know, think about incorporating that into maybe going someplace in Mexico where, you know, you can go to and have live demonstrations and actually take part in those things, Uh, especially cooking. If you love cooking, that's an ideal thing to do. Put together a uh, a land trip and, and go ahead and do that or on a cruise when you stop in Cozumel. You can actually go into a person's home. They take you to the market and they will teach you how to cook authentic Mexican food. So... So it's right there. You just have to look within your own circle and not say, oh, I'm going to work with seniors, and then you really don't have patience for seniors. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so work within your scope first, and you will be far more successful. I, I agree. And for those listening, we have a great exercise that walks you through going through your hobbies and what you're passionate about, as well as thinking and helping you kind of visualize who your circles are. Um, We'll put the link in the show notes to our Finding a Niche article, and we'll also link to our articles on booking groups with some resources, which, Valerie, I think you're actually, um, we reference you in one of those articles. So we'll link to those in the show notes. So one of the other things we chatted on was not only do you need to make sure that you're passionate about it and that the groups that you're working with, you know something about, but um, we talked about making sure to pick the right itinerary um, and that it's something unique. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure, absolutely. Now, and, and I'm going to add to that a little bit too, not only the right itinerary, but the right time of year. So if you if you know that you have clients that like to go away for New Year's Eve, then that's good to start looking at a year, year and a half ahead of time. And whether it be a cruise and pulling back space or maybe in one of the islands and, and working with a resort and getting uh, contracted space and pulling something back, if those are the type of clients you have. They like to go out, they like to party, and now they've started uh, traveling during those time periods. So think about who you're working with already. And, you know, if there's a particular time of year that they prefer to travel, then that's where you're going to go to look. But also look at unique itineraries. Don't always choose the Caribbean or don't, you know, don't always choose Mexico or Jamaica necessarily. You know, think about other locations that might be different and unique. Uh, we put together, uh, we have been, a, a, one of my agents put together a Norway to Iceland uh, ocean cruise on Viking. And Sounds they're wonderful. actually, she's, yeah, she's in London right now with a whole group of people. Um, I have another agent who put together Ireland because she had one person interested. So she got some, you know, group space from a tour operator. We worked on that together in finding the right tour operator. And she now has 20 people going. And she's going to actually be on the tour herself and, and lead the tour. So 
you know, think of, think if your clients are to the level where they want something out of the ordinary, something different. And that's where my clients are. A lot of my clients have been with me for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And they've sailed the Caribbean. They've done the Panama Canal. Most of them have done Alaska. And now they want something different and unique. Yes. And so it's up to me to to look and see what's out there so I can put it in front of them and, and really provide experiences for them. Well, well, this is the perfect segue into our next segment, which is we're talking about the right itinerary. And you found um, the perfect itinerary. <laughs> this is, And I think this is the topic everyone is waiting to hear about, your 196-passenger cruise this May. Um, which ship is on and ship is it on? And, and how in the world did you sell out your group in just four short weeks? Well, I'll, I will tell you this. So what I do is I always look for unique itineraries. I look for ships that are doing something different than the norm. So here Royal Caribbean has their mega ships, and most of them do seven-night Eastern and Western Caribbean. Once in a while, they'll go to Europe. But for the most part, that's what they do. Well, I found that they were moving the Harmony of the Seas from Fort Lauderdale to Port Canaveral. And when they did that, they broke it up into two three-night cruises. Well, one of those three-night cruises ended up being a Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, coming back on Sunday morning, which happened to be Mother's Day morning. What a nice Mother's Day gift. Yes. I mean, really, this, this, this could be a little family getaway or a girlfriend getaway or send mom on a cruise on, you know, a magnificent ship, you know, such as the Harmony. So this this gives my clients a chance to experience a mega ship at a lower price point. So I knew what this is what I call a winner. When I see something that I know is going to go over really well, my agents will tell you, oh, Valerie will say that's a winner. So I put it together. I got some group space, and I only held 16 cabins. And so I got some group space. And I just started putting it out there to everybody I knew. And I did that via email and Facebook and Instagram. And then I network. I belong to networking groups, so I brought it with me there. Even at bridal shows, I took it with me to bridal shows because this could be a great bachelorette getaway. Mm-hmm. So um, I told everybody I knew and got a couple of my agents involved as well. They wanted to take part. And before you know it, in four weeks, we had uh, now 100 cabins booked. Uh, another, and this was like a year and a half out, uh, and it's coming up this May. And uh, I'd say about five, six months ago, the ship was totally sold out. Wow. Since then, they've opened up a little bit. Someone must have been holding group space that they couldn't sell and let go. And, oh, I'll tell you, I had my eye on it. I picked <laughs> them right up. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so, so even though it had sold out and even though, um, you know, I, I, I at that point, I was getting together a waiting list for this ship in case there were any cancellations or any other space came available at our great prices that we had a year and a half ago because they doubled since then. So, yeah, um, that's actually- you know. Share, share with everyone, because I was blown out of the water when you <laughs> gave the price for a balcony. Um, yes, on the Harmony, even though it was just three nights, uh, a balcony with court charges for two people was $976 with $100 on board credit. It's insane. That was my, I know, and that was my original pricing. Who wouldn't want that, right? But mm-hmm. we sold a lot of inside for, you know, seven fifty seven, And, um, you know, we really have a variety of cabins, including suites, that, you know, people went ahead and booked with us. So the prices were just phenomenal. I mean, I, when, when the prices came back again after the ship sold out and then there was some more inventory, a balcony then was over $2,000. So it's... It, we really uh, got in at the right time. Yes. So, so now you you've had a few cancellations. Now that you're getting closer to the date, but 
those sold out yeah. like in a matter of hours, oh, right? Oh, they're they're gone. All I do is make a couple phone calls. They're gone. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's because I was able to keep my original pricing on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, with that being said, you know, and and there are no more inside an ocean view available at all. They're very limited on uh, balconies at this point, so you have to go into a junior suite. And uh, so my price when I call and it's still that 975 for a balcony or, you know, uh, $800 for an inside cabin, people are like, oh, of course I want to go. Yeah, if they compare so, it online, how is, how is yeah. she getting this? It's a miracle. Oh, it, it, it really is unbelievable. We ended up with over 12 tour conductors on this one. Wow. So you um, – so when you're rebooking someone, even though – the prices are so much higher now for a balcony. You don't market mm-hmm. it up. What's your strategy behind that? Well, I know that this particular sailing, people are, you cannot see and experience this whole ship in three nights. You can't do it. It's not possible. Even on a seven-night cruise on a mega ship, you really need another seven days to fully experience the ship. So I know that, of those 196 people, when we get on that ship, that they're going to say that same thing. And they will be in the next cruise. Uh, they'll, they'll be in that uh, office, mm-hmm. <laughs> a few of them booking a seven-night cruise for the future. So that's my strategy. Get them on the ship at a phenomenal price, okay? And then they'll see what maybe I can do for them in the future and, uh, you know, keep my eye out for them ahead of time. And I, you know, and I'm also training my clients to book a year, year and a half out because those truly are the best prices that you'll ever see in the cruise industry is a year, year and a half out. Once it's six months and in, the prices have already gone up and people don't realize what they were before. So it's getting your clients to know that about you, that when you put something out there, like, you know, we just had one come out the other day and it's, you know, the Mardi Gras and it's like, hey, you know, here's the ship. Uh, we got pricing. We can book now. And by the way, I have eight groups. Do you want to see my pricing on any of them? So, you know, people get used to that from you. So my clients will want to sail on this. A lot of my clients go out of Port Canaveral. That's their preferred port. And this gives them a little bit of a taste. So they want to go back and fully experience the rest of the shows and the ships. Mm-hmm. And just to let everyone know, um, Valerie's agency is out of Jacksonville. So Port Canaveral is. is. Is that the closest port to you? Well, it, well Besides it's the closest port that has a variety of cruise lines. Mm-hmm. So Jacksonville just has the one ship, and it's a, a very small, uh, older carnival ship. So most of my clients, to get a variety, uh, they, they will go out of Port Canaveral, which is only two and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. Well, so I'd like you to share the story because it again cracked me up when you were telling me about how you were training your clients to book a year to a year and a half in advance and how you were tracking the prices to show them. (laughs) Well, you know, a lot of us have these last minute people who think they're going to get a great deal. And I, I really wanted to show them that, you know, that's just not the case anymore. So you're going to, you know, what you give up on availability, you really don't gain in pricing. So what I did is I started a few years ago, I started tracking it. And specifically for those clients that booked last minute with me, and and my clients are very loyal to me, and they book with me year after year after year and probably four times during the year if they're cruising. So what I did was I just, I made a chart. Uh, and I live in Excel anyway. I love Excel spreadsheets, so I just put it together in Excel, and I just started tracking, like, uh, a couple of cruise lines and the pricing when they first hit, and then what happened at the, let's say, when they first came out a year and a half ago, and then what happened at the year mark, and then what happened at the six-month mark, and then the two-month mark, and then right before sailing. So they could see the increases along the way, mm-hmm. and when I mm-hmm. actually – put that in front of them in black and white, they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm paying a lot more, aren't I? Yep. And it's like, uh, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the teacher that, in you shining through. 
You know, it really is. I, you know, I, I can't get away from that. I, I mean, I just, you know, whether I'm, I'm helping my agents and teaching them these things or I'm helping my clients, you know, discover the world and also save money at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really a part of who I am. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and move into the practicalities. So do you mind if we chat uh, a little bit on, on how you do your bookings? Sure. Um, okay, so we won't ask for any trade secrets, but we already know <laughs> <laughs> that having the right itinerary is really important. And I think one of the other keys to success, um, and I guess this is more if an agent is doing an affinity group, but it's having the right mm-hmm. group lead. And since they're the ones that, that tie the group together, they can really make or break things. So what are the traits that you look for in group leaders to ensure that your groups are successful? Well, whether it be an organization you're working with or uh, and, and just an individual who wants to go on a cruise and, you know, you think that they can help bring other people uh, on that cruise with them, you want to look for people who have a network of friends who they do things with. And also, they're the ones that their friends look up to as far as setting the tone of what they're going to do. So this is a person who would say, hey, this weekend we're going to XYZ. We're going to go to Daytona, you know, and let's listen to this band. And so they're already in that role, and people follow them. And so when they are going to go on a cruise, you know, incentivize them a little bit with that tour conductor or something of that nature – Put a, a, an agreement together that just states in writing, and both of you sign it, that if you bring this many people to me and we get this many cabins and they do not cancel before final payment, that this is what I can do for you. So that way they're incentivized to do a little bit more. Um, I, you know, I find people who, um, if it's a promotional sailing that I put together, that if I have that right person, I will get my eight cabins and more mm-hmm. on a on a cruise. And if it's a land trip, uh, like let's uh, in Mexico, we have Unico, and they have spa packages that are included, and you just pay twenty percent, so of what that rack rate would be for that package. So, you know, a girl's getaway, and uh, everyone's into yoga, and you go to an or a spa retreat, and you go to this particular all inclusive. You know, people follow that one person, and so you know you're going to be successful right there mm-hmm. uh, because you have that person there. If you find out that that is not, not the right person, well, you have that agreement in place. So if they did not hold up their end of the bargain and bring you X number of cabins or X number of people for, a, you know, a land trip, then you don't incentivize them. Because that's all spelled out mm-hmm. in your agreement. And letting them know that it needs to be done by a certain date. Otherwise, you know, the Absolutely. availability may change the ability for people to be right. next to the group, the main group in the resort might right. change. Right. So uh, you're going to have, you know, if everyone wants to be around each other, whether it's at the resort, you want to be in a certain section, everyone wants swim up. So you can be right next to each other where everyone wants that beach view. You know, that's important because there's only so many of those. Mm-hmm. And if you have con- contracted group space, then, you know, you only have so many at that price. And you have a certain deadline where you have to give back that space. Otherwise, you're going to be buying it yourself. So and on a cruise, the same thing. You're going to have certain cabin types that are on certain decks and certain locations and those prices and that inventory is only good for so long. So then you, you have to give it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's very important to put in that agreement that, you know, based on availability, uh, pricing can change at any time until these deposits are placed. Mm-hmm. Well, well, while we're on the topic of contracts, let's chat on the things that agents should be looking for in their group contracts. Um, you had said when we spoke that you look for, when you're looking at the contract, you're looking for what's going to tie your hands and what's going to hurt your agency. So what are you, what specific things are you looking for when one comes across your desk? 
Well, if we're if we're targeting land groups to tour operators, then what I'm looking at is how much money, if, if it's contracted space, how much money do we have to put down mm -hmm. per room or per person? What is the attrition percentage? So how many people, after deposits are placed, how many people can cancel and I don't, and then we're not responsible for that space any longer. Uh, it, it's, you know, it could be 10%, it could be 20%. It depends on the resort and the tour operator. And then, too, what are those charges? And are those, are those penalties, are they within line? Uh, or are there other resorts that don't require that? Or is it negotiable? So what I mean by negotiable is you have to look at the time of year as well. If it's in the downtime, uh, typically the summer and fall is the downtime uh, in the islands. And so that might be a time when you can negotiate some of these things. Whereas if you're looking at the winter months, that's high time in the islands. So there is going to be very little room there because they're going to sell out with or without your group. Mm -hmm. And so those are some of the things that can hurt your agency. So I also look and see what can help us. And let's talk about this Ireland group for a moment. Uh, we looked at three different tour operators. One of them wanted uh, a deposit per person for that group for us to hold that price in that space. And then there were all sorts of penalties. Well, we went to three different tour operators and looked at the contracts. And then the one we ended up going with did not require any money down. We had a certain amount of time to sell our space, and then if space was still available, we could add on in increments of 8 or 16 after that point. So we started with 16, and we added on uh, to, to get to a higher number, and they completely sold out and were coming to us because we had two spots left that we were about to sell, and they were coming to us seeing if we would release it because they started a waiting list already. And we said, no, we're getting names and money tonight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so that they really help agencies, and, and they want agencies to, you know, have as much time as possible with very little money invested to go ahead and, uh, and get on one of their guaranteed tours. So that's what you have to look at. Yeah, so, so making they, sure to look at what happens if you want more space and can you, yeah. if you do want more space, is it at the current rate you have or is it at a higher rate? Right. Yeah, those are all great things. And then one, other, yeah, and one other thing too is if the rate's lower on the property, so you have your group rates, if this is a contracted space, so you have your group rates, let's say, for an all-inclusive. And let's say you're able to keep them for three months. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens if you find out during that time period that the rates have lowered? You have to find out from that resort and tour operator if you're able to change those rates. Oftentimes, a tour operator will say you can do it one time and that's it. Mm -hmm. Okay? But some of them will tell you, no, absolutely not. Some resorts themselves will say, no, you can't change your rates, even though they're higher. Sorry. So do you look for that in the contract to have that in writing that you can have? I do. Okay. I do. Yeah. And when you spoke about negotiating oh. the contracts, um, what are some examples of things when it's the proper season um, that you ask for and things that you've negotiated? Well, I've negotiated uh, the amount of dollars per room. I've negotiated that down, uh, and then I've negotiated an extra 30 minutes for the DJ to play. I've negotiated a um, a an inter entertainment venue uh, be added, you know, for the group. And again, it depends how big your group is too. Because the bigger your group, the more room you have to negotiate. Mm -hmm. If you just have a small little group, then that doesn't really help them that much. But if you're helping fill their resort and you have a good number, then, again, you have more room to negotiate. And are you able to negotiate things like amenities, the amount of money you need down to hold the certain number of rooms, um, the types of room types that are included? In low season, yes. In high season, no. 
Okay. So not likely. Yeah. So when we're looking at, because you book both um, land and sea groups, um, how are, Mm -hmm. what's the difference between the two? Are there any big differences? Uh, There, there are actually there, um, you know, it's, with your land groups, because air is typically involved if you're going, you know, to one of the islands. So now you have to factor in air. And are you going to get, you have to decide, are you going to go after group air? Or are you going to do individual air? So that sometimes is a part of the contract, too. Some Sometimes when you get contracted space for land, you factor in group air, and then you have to be leaving out of the same gateway. And there's, there's all sides types of requirements that you have to meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you do your uh, cruise lines, you know, there are differences within the cruise lines themselves. Some let you hold space for 60 days for a group. Some let you hold it up to 120 days before you sail. So if you pull it back a year and a half, you have a long time that you can keep that space before it's reviewed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you go over a certain number with cruises, like if you go over 16 cabins, then it's typically you put money down. Uh, it's a deposit group. If you just hold 16 cabins, then you don't have to put money down. Um, the one exception is Carnival, and they will tell you your max of what you can hold on that group. Sometimes it's 50, sometimes it's 32, sometimes it's 8. Uh, it depends how well it's already selling. And they will take it back after 60 days. If you don't, if you don't sell into your group at 60 days and secure that space, then they'll take the group back or they'll take the rooms back. So a lot of differences. And so I would say, you know, don't learn everything all at once. Concentrate on one segment or one vendor or one tour operator first. Learn that. Learn the ins and outs with that entity, okay, with that vendor, and then go on to another vendor. But it's hard to go out there and just your your head will spin if you try to learn them all at one time. Mm-hmm. So add them to your business, your group business, one by one after you experience it and after, you know, you know a little bit more about how they work. And speaking of kind of educating yourself, what types of resources are available for agents that are looking to learn more about the world of groups every single cruise line and every single tour operator and most of your resorts your larger ones have a group department and they do webinars and they do trainings and we all have business development managers who oftentimes they're in a in our markets or close to a market where we are and they do all this training mm-hmm. clea uh, the Cruise Line Industry Association, uh, they have a wonderful training on groups and how to get groups and, and you know, how to, uh, how to grow your group business. Um, Sandals, they have a webinar coming up on February 12th about growing your groups. So it's out there. You just have to make sure that whatever you want to sell, that you, you let your BDM know what you want to learn. And then they will help connect you, you know, to uh, the right trainings. Yes. And also a resource as well are your travel forums. You know, the the travel forum uh, SMG group, uh, they have a family forum that just happened in January at Moon Palace in Jamaica. I was there. I had four classes that I taught on groups. Uh, They have one coming up in Vegas. They have the Romance Travel Forum and then the International Forum in uh, Mexico in October. So look at all of these conferences as well. And you don't have to go to all of them, but maybe choose one a year to go to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they might have not only sessions on groups, but they may have other sessions that pique your interest as well. Yes, exactly. Um, And and going off the the events. So CLIA Cruise 360, that's their event that CLIA puts on, is a great place for people that um, kind of want to do everything in one shot because it has all of their trainings um, on groups and other things with cruises. And then they have a bunch of ships that are in port. So you can do ship inspections on multiple uh, cruise ships, which is really nice instead of having to just do one at a time and spend all this money and time. Uh, Yeah. 
we have a link that I'll put in the show notes, show notes to um, the Clea Cruise 360, and that'll be on our events calendar. So if you're not familiar with the HAR events calendar, it's at hostagencyreviews.com slash um, events. And then you can go in there and you can see webinars. There'll be ship inspections. There's fam trips. There's trade shows. Uh, and, and one more type of training, Valerie, I want to bring up is next year you'll be launching some type of training for for booking groups, correct? Well, yes. Uh, next year in 2020, I am launching some boot camps. And this is going to be, uh, it's going to include groups, uh, group training. It's also going to include a host of other things. Uh, for agents who are growing their business with independent contractors, I'm doing a session on that. I have a great process, and I think, uh, you know, I, I'd like to share that with others who might, you know, be struggling or wanting to grow and they don't know how. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be putting that together, and uh, information will be forthcoming on that. Absolutely. Great. Well, we'll put a link uh, in the show notes to that training if anyone's interested. So, well, there's so much to cover in so little time. So let's move into the next section um, because I want to make sure we have enough time to cover marketing and communications. Um, So, Valerie, what's the most effective way you found to market your groups? I use a variety of methods. So uh, I do network quite a bit. So I'm in the community. I go out into the community and I put it in everybody's hands. I make flyers. So I don't necessarily have the pricing on my flyer. I try to entice them with where they're going, with, you know, what they're going to, some of the activities that uh, we're going to have, the destinations, things of that nature. Uh, If it's a cruise ship, maybe I picked a a particular one because of the ship itself. So I'll highlight some of those things. And if it's an all-inclusive or Europe, then I'll, you know, entice them with, you know, some of the activities that uh, we're going to do while we're there. And then I will also, I, I will do a Facebook group just for that event, and I will invite everybody who's following me to, um, you know, to look at that page and see if this is something they're interested uh, in. And I get a lot of referrals. I've built my whole business based on referrals. So usually if one of my followers or clients sees it and they're not interested, they send it to their friends. And I ask them to do that as well, you know, that that's very much appreciated if they do that. And then also I'm, you know, I give, I give talks in the community as well. I do things at the library. So I might have a night where I just highlight that particular getaway, that function. Uh, if it's Italy, I might have it at an Italian restaurant. And I will, um, I, you know, I do, I do different sources of advertising and to get the word out. So, you know, that helps me as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get people there who may have an interest and, uh, and, you know, and then we talk about, and I might have the vendor there with me, or we might have a big TV there where the vendor is, you know, broadcasting live from where they are. So I, I try to get them to feel like they're where we are going in the destination mm-hmm. so they can feel it at that moment. But I also do a lot of webinars. So, and, and again, I involve my vendor, my BDM, my business development manager in that. And I tell my clients, you know, sit back in in your home, put your feet up, get a glass of wine or a glass of iced tea, and relax. Let me take you away, you know, for 45 minutes. And so, you know, with that comes quite a bit of follow-up. So when somebody registers for something that you've put together, whether it's in person or a webinar, you've got to confirm with them the night before. Then you have to confirm with them the morning of because life happens. Maybe their son Johnny comes home with a big project and then they totally forget about the event that night, whether it be a webinar or a meet- an in-person um, presentation. Uh, and then the day after, 24 hours after, no later, follow up with them, see what they thought. Mm-hmm. Because that's when you're going to get the most amount of bookings, right after, while they're still thinking about it. If you wait too long, it's history in their mind and their memories. It's history. Mm-hmm. And you're, so you can't. Oops, go ahead. Mm-hmm. 
No, you. It, that's 24 hours after that is just so important to follow up. And I find a lot of agents, they're scared to use the phone anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, it may be because rejection. It may be because they feel pushy. But when somebody has registered to be a part of something, to me, that shows interest. And I would feel very appreciative if I had stuff happen and then I got a call for something I registered for and it's like, oh, okay, now remember tonight, you know, you you wanted to hear this. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I almost forgot. Thanks for calling me. And that's usually the response, you know, that I get. It's not us being pushy. It's only us being pushy if they didn't sign up and you're try- trying to uh, twist their arm at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Well, so going along this kind of marketing idea, a lot of agents use their gap points and their tour conductors to add more value to the group and to help market it. Uh, what's your favorite way to use gap points in um, TCs? Do you use them to build in little surprises for your group or what do you, how do you use those? I love to build in surprises. So, um, you know, I, I don't think people really, it, it, if you give them onboard credit or a credit at a resort, sometimes that onboard credit on a cruise is eaten up by the gratuities if they didn't prepay them. And sometimes they don't even realize you put money on their account. So because oftentimes that note won't be sent to the cabin or so then you have to tell them, you know, oh, look for this amount on your onboard credit. So what I like to do is give them something that they can see and touch and feel. So maybe it's champagne and chocolates. Maybe it's decorating their room if it's a special occasion. And then they take a picture of it. You know, I've I've had that happen so often where they took a picture of it, and before they sailed away, they already sent it to me via Facebook message or by text. Oh, Valerie, thank you so much. This is so memorable. This makes it so much more memorable. Um, Maybe partway through the cruise, you, you know, send them a photo credit because you can actually say what day it's going to be delivered to the room. So build in little things along the way and that makes them remember you yeah well so so i yeah i i really prefer that it not be onboard credit yeah one of the, one of the challenges in booking groups is is staying organized and communicating with the group so how do you stay organized and what's your method for communicating with your groups well i I, I will send out emails, and uh, I also have that Facebook group. But, so not everybody in the group will have Facebook. Uh, I, I have some seniors uh, that don't even have emails. So, you know, with them, I do things a little bit differently. There's only a, a handful of them. But, you know, that's a phone call. They like that phone call. They like to talk on the phone and see you in person. Mm-hmm. But what I do for the others is I, I do put things typically every other month or every every quarter, if it's really far out, uh, about the ship or destination, or uh, if it's a land uh, and all-inclusive it, or Europe, then I put something about that location and the resort on the page. People are visual. So I always do – I have a lot of pictures that I post, but I'm also talking as it gets closer in about shore excursions and about land excursions, you know, in in a destination if you're, you know, going via land. And that keeps their mind, you know, thinking about it and and it keeps them engaged as well. So as far as how do I keep everything organized, I live in Excel spreadsheets. I really do. And I put everything on that from the first booking through the last one. So this has all my dates. It has all my payments. It has everything. And it's one glance because I keep it on one sheet for every single group. So all I have to do is open up their tab, and then I see everything at a glance. Mm-hmm. And you, but you, in addition, so the the idea with the spreadsheet is everything's at a glance right there. But you also use a CRM in it in with kind of different goals. What do you use that for? Well, the CRM when I put a, a contact into my CRM. I have, if they're going to be a part of the group, I have, of course, that group in there, too, and I pull them in so I can see they're part of the group. 
But I also have different lists that I create within a CRM system. And so let's say I have somebody in Florida and they have small children. Well, they might want to know about Florida resident rates at Disney when they head for the cruise line and the park. Or maybe that person happens to be military. They might know want to know about some military rates mm-hmm. uh, with cruise lines or with, you know, other um, other things that might come out that, you know, might be a benefit to them in that regard. So, uh, and then I also put, like, different uh, destinations. Like, some might be interested in Europe. Some might be interested in all-inclusive. So, I put that there as well. And I have... Any contact can belong to as many lists as you create. Mm -hmm. So that way, when I want to put something out there, I'm doing a group um, in 2021 to Africa. So I've already had about 15 people say they're interested. And so what I'm doing as I get more information is I'm just on the list. I'm putting my newsletter together and just sending it out to that list. And I I don't have to do anything more. Because I already have the group of people who are interested and anybody else who may be interested, you know, attached to my Africa list. Yeah, so using it to target your marketing. Definitely. Definitely. So these are, and these are not only clients, but these can be prospects as well. So my prospects, I kind of keep a little bit separate. Uh, You know, so under list, I have my contacts uh, who are clients. Under list, I have my prospects as well. So I keep them separate. Ah, and, and I'll put a link. So Valerie uses LACRM, which isn't um, yeah. really a normal travel industry one. But it what does the LA stand for again? Uh, <laughs> less annoying. Less annoying. The, <laughs> I, I don't know how I forgot that. I knew it was something funny. So the less annoying CRM, it's a lot more customizable, and you can take a look if you're interested and um, check it out in the show notes. So, Well, I swear every time I do an interview, time just flies by, um, but all good things must come to an end, and really before you end anything, it should always go out with a warm fuzzy. Um, so the last segment's goal is really simple. We want you to walk away with with not only being full of new ideas for your business, but also thinking of how you can make a positive difference in the lives of those around you. So, Valerie, would you mind doing us the honor of sharing a warm fuzzy, something that you or someone else has done to make your day a little brighter? Well, you know, I have to say, this is going to be about one of my clients, and I always try to make things very memorable for clients. And if I can get the vendor involved at all, that's just an added plus. Mm-hmm. I have uh, one family, and her father, uh, my client's father, is uh, oftentimes her parents cruise with her. And he's in his 90s now. Wow. They last year just took their last cruise and uh, just, you know, dementia and he's getting up in age and whatnot. And uh, he is a retired colonel in the, in the services and uh, very, very proud of that. And uh, when they sail, they, you know, have these get-togethers for the military and whatnot. Well, I let my BDM know uh, from the cruise line that this person was sailing and it was going to be their last cruise and anything that we could do you know, would be appreciated. Well, she contacted the ship, and they they honored him by bringing him up front and center in front of everybody and talking about his service and Aww. his years in service. And that touched his heart so much. I'm, I'm Right now I'm tearing up. It, it was so touching. You know, when, when she sent me the pictures and told me about this, um, it, it really, for the, for, however many years he has left on this earth he'll remember that day yeah that's so beautiful well thank you for sharing yes absolutely it, it meant a lot to the family as a whole yeah if, if we can because in the transcript we usually have some pictures if there's any pictures that they'd oh. be willing to share i'd love to to put yes. that out there so people can see okay okay i'll send that to you perfect 
Well, well, that's a wrap, everybody. And if you've made it this far into the show, I'm going to make the assumption that you've liked it thus far. And since you've liked it, um, if you want to jump on over to hostagencyreviews.com slash TAC and click on episode nine, you can go ahead and leave us a review. Otherwise, if you're more um, of a listener and less of a talker, Let's make sure you're set to listen to the next volume when it comes out. So you can go to hostagencyreviews.com slash TAC and press the subscribe button. Uh, Valerie, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I, I thoroughly enjoy helping other agents become more successful. And uh, I think this was an, you know, an excellent way for agents to grow their business. I agree. So Thank you, and everyone, thanks for listening. Until next time, may all your days be sparkly and, well, I guess, full of 197 passenger groups. <laughs> Thank you, Steph. To read a transcript of Travel Agent Chatter and to view our show notes, you can visit hostagencyreviews.com slash TAC. Wait, what? You like the show but need more than just a call to action to subscribe and leave a review? Okay, you're a hard bargainer. I see where you're going, and I'm going to have to woo you. So here's my love poem to you. Who doubt listen to our episode on groups? Over and over again, loop after loop. A person we can't quite see due to internet connectivity. More writing? No, I shall forego it, because as you can tell, I ain't no poet. Huh, writing poems is much harder than I anticipated.